Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation will examine the factors behind recent trading activity across equity markets, what the road ahead for returns might look like, and how to think about positioning your portfolio accordingly. Joining me for the conversation today, glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, David Lefkowitz, Head of Equities Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So, David, welcome back. Hope you had a nice weekend. Thank you for joining us and looking forward to hearing your insights today. Thanks for having me, Dan. I'm pretty happy to be here. Absolutely. So, uh, David, dating back to Black Friday in November, so roughly over the past six trading sessions, equity investors, they've been faced with volatile swings in both directions. So maybe to level set, David, to set the stage, what are the contributing factors from your vantage point to this recent market behavior we've been witnessing? Yeah, thanks, Dan. I, yeah, it certainly has been uh, a notable pickup in in volatility just in the, in the last week and a half or so. Um, yeah, for my seat, I think there are probably you know, two main factors. One is obviously the the news we all saw right right after Thanksgiving on the new the new variant, the Omicron variant, uh, and how quickly it was spreading in in South Africa. Um, so yeah, I mean that has clearly injected some uncertainty into the marketplace in terms of how severe this variant might be, and and also probably you know just as importantly, if not more importantly, how effective will prior immunity be or or the existing vaccines? How effective will those be in terms of offering some protection? So you know at this point we're. Like everyone else, we're we're waiting for the scientific and medical community and public health community, you know, to really try to start giving us some answers to to those questions. And obviously, you know, that's still going to take a little bit more time. But I would say, you know, definitely the the virus developments and and the 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 pandemic itself have really contributed to to this volatility. I and mean, the other big change that we uh, we did hear about in the last in the last 10 days or so was 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 a, a bit more hawkish commentary from uh, Fed chair Jay Powell and and by hawkish I mean he was suggesting that the Fed is looking at accelerating the removal of stimulus um, so you know that it shouldn't be too terribly surprising in the grand scheme of things. Um, because inflation has been running hotter than, than they had been expecting. And, you know, the job market's been recovering uh, faster also, if you look at the unemployment rate. So, uh, but it does, it does, it does prompt some volatility if, if, if investors are not quite positioned for uh, a quicker withdrawal of accommodation. So I think both of those things have created some, some turbulence in markets uh, and, uh, you know, getting, Getting a little bit more clarity on on the Omicron, I think, is going to be uh, probably the most important in terms of uh, seeing a reduction in in that level of volatility. So, David, maybe getting a bit more granular in terms of trading activity. So, over this past week, week and a half, we have seen some notable upswings, downswings. Have you picked up on anything notable, David, in the way of sector rotation trends? Yeah. So, there's been a, a couple of interesting things. I mean, you know, from a sector perspective, Dan. You know, not too surprising. It's the, from a sector perspective, it's the more defensive ones that have outperformed. So utilities, healthcare, consumer staples, real estate have been the best performers. And then on the flip side, 
the underperformers or the worst performers have been financials, uh, consumer discretionary energy. So, you know, not, you know, pretty, pretty normal when you think about what you see during a, a, a market dip. Um, what's really interesting also, though, is that we've seen a pretty noticeable, um, sell-off in, in some of the more speculative areas of the marketplace. So there are some indices out there uh, that we can track. So we look at uh, tech companies that don't make money, uh, looking at you know, tech, you know, high-growth tech companies that, um, you know, that's another, another basket that's out there. I mean, those in, so, so the U.S. equity market is, is down about 3.5% um, from its all-time or you know, recent high. I mean, if you look at some of these high growth areas of the marketplace, I mean, they're down close to 12%. So it, it's pretty, pretty material. Small caps are also down, uh, pretty, pretty substantially down, uh, 7%, uh, if we look at since, since, uh, November 24th. So these are some, you know, obviously we're seeing some, some bigger pain in some segments of the marketplace. And I think that also speaks to, you know, probably a little bit of just, positioning that, uh, you know, especially in, in those high growth areas of the marketplace, I, I think there had been some investors may have been a little bit too exuberant about the opportunities there. And, and in, in this dip in the market, we're seeing some unwinding of, of some of the, some of that positioning. So, you know, bottom line, not surprising, like we've seen a shift or, or the outperformance of defensives. We've seen value outperform growth. And I would say the hyper growth and more speculative parts of the marketplace have have clearly performed uh, performed the worst. So, David, in terms of where we go from here, and again, accounting for the factors you had shared with us a few moments ago, the Omicron variant of COVID-19, uh, still a lot of unknowns, wait and see as far as how that will play out and impact economic activity, uh, reopening initiatives across the globe, uh, the more hawkish tilt from the Fed, as was expressed by Fed Chair Jerome Powell last week. Has your outlook, David, for equity returns near to medium term at all changed in light of these factors that you shared with us? So, Dan, I would say the, the medium term uh, has not changed at all. I mean, we still feel comfortable that, that we're going to see um, higher prices over in, in stocks over the course of the next six to 12 months. But I would say in the very short term, I, I think it's going to be the virus that's going to dictate, say, the next you know 5% move. I mean, could be could be more than that. Um, you know, if the, if the, if this new variant turns out to, uh, to, to be able to escape some of the immunity protection that we have from prior infection or from the existing vaccines, I, I mean, I do think that would lead to some additional downside in markets. But I also think there's probably a limit to that, to that downside risk because we, we have a lot more tools in the toolbox now. To, to combat this this virus, uh, and and some of the the leading vaccine manufacturers have said, you know, they could have new formulations of of their vaccines at scale, you know, with, with hundreds of millions, if not billions, of doses by the middle of next year. So that's a it's a really accelerated time frame. So you know, we know that markets are forward looking. So I, you know, I think any any negative Omicron news. You know, especially around the vaccine effectiveness of of the current vaccines, 
yeah, I think it could lead to more downside to markets. But I, I, like I said, I, I don't think I don't think it's going to be too much given given a pretty clear path to uh, to new vaccines. And plus, we're going to have antivirals out there that uh, are also more effective than the next one from Pfizer looks especially promising uh, and and should be approved by the FDA before the end of the year. The other thing that we're also picking up, Dan, is that there are there 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 definitely are signals that we're finding within the market that suggest that investors are getting overly cautious or I don't know if overly is the right word, but get getting pretty cautious and you know, those things are, we look at the level of volatility, we look at uh, surveys of investor sentiment. And whenever we see those types of extreme readings, extreme investor caution, those tend to be good buying opportunities. And it sort of gets back to Warren Buffett's, or one, of, one of the sayings that Warren Buffett has, he has so many of them, but, you know, he one of his that I particularly like is, you know, you want to be greedy when people are fearful and fearful when people are greedy. And, and right now, uh, we're definitely picking up more signs of fear than greed. So I, I would say that the risk reward is definitely getting more attractive for stocks. Hard to know where the bottom is in this, uh, in this dip that we're in right now. But I, as I said, just at the uh, beginning of this question, uh, yeah, I do think I do think stocks will be higher, you know, almost regardless of the Omicron variant outcome. Uh, they, it will be high. They will be higher over the next six to twelve months. Uh, we've got a, a price target of fifty one hundred on the S and P for the the end of next year. That's a that's a return of about twelve percent from from current levels, and I see no reason to uh, to be changing that at this point. Okay, so David, an optimistic outlook, though in the near term we may encounter some more spouts of volatility. I know, David, over the years on this program, you, your colleagues, have spoken to our listeners, our clients, about what to do, what not to do when these spouts of volatility present themselves. It is important to reinforce that point. So, what kind of guidance, David, can you offer our listeners, our clients? What, what should they be mindful of when these periods of volatility occur in the markets? Yeah, Dan, I, I think a couple of things. I mean, I think it's first of all, it's important to keep things in perspective, right? I mean, U.S. equity markets are down about three and a half percent. That's that's not big in the scheme of things. Total return, the S&P 500 is still up uh, well over 20 percent this year. So, you know, I, I think just you know, having some perspective uh, is, is also important. And we know that, that stocks tend to be volatile. I also think it's, it's really crucial to make sure you're focusing on your long-term goals. Uh, and your long-term goals should be dictating how, how much exposure you have to different asset classes and segments of asset classes. And, and make sure your portfolio is aligned with, with those goals. And sometimes, you know, we've had a big, uh, we've had a very good year in equities. Um, this is a good opportunity to rebalance, perhaps, uh, you know, if, if you have, don't have the right allocation based on, on your goals. I mean, it's just, that, that's something you should always be doing, but, um, yeah, certainly there, this is as good time as any to, to be making sure you've got the right proportion of, of stocks and bonds and, and anything else that you have in your portfolio. Also, this tends to be a good time. If you do have any losses in, in your portfolio, this is, this, one of the better things to do is, is to realize those capital losses, harvest losses that can protect, uh, and, and shield capital gains that you may have in other parts of the portfolio, uh, so that can help reduce your tax bill. 
I mean, if you really wanted to get a little bit more aggressive, um, you know, you could sell, you could, you can employ some option strategies, sell some puts. Volatility is, is high now. Uh, you know, that, that could present an opportunity, uh, to, uh, to take the other side of that. And then, and I would just be ready. I, I mean, to the extent, be ready to deploy capital. I mean, I still think that I would deploy capital into equities. Um, and, and it may not be a bad time to deploy right now. Uh, but as we we're saying, you know, this dip could get a little bit larger. Um, but, but I still think this is a, an environment where you want to be buying the dips, uh, rather than selling the rallies. We still have a, a pretty good set of economic fundamentals. Business momentum is very strong. Earnings growth uh, is, is is very good. And I, all the the main drivers of this bull market, I think, are still in place. Uh, so um, those are a few of the strategies to to think about. But but I think the big picture here is that that we're not seeing a a big enough change in the macro environment to suggest that there needs to be a that investors should be doing a, a substantial rethinking of their portfolios at this time. So, David, running with that point there, those portfolio considerations coupled with the outlook, and it does sound like a constructive, optimistic outlook for uh, the medium to longer term. You shared with us a few moments ago. How should we think about allocation? What are your current recommendations and equity sector preferences that you can share with us? Yeah, Dan. So, you know, within U.S. equities, we still prefer cyclical areas. So, specifically. We like mid-cap stocks. Uh, we also like value uh, value stocks. I mean, value stocks you know, have really underperformed growth. Um, you know, to the extent that we are talking about a change in uh, the Fed, on you know, a bit on the margin. I, you know, where there's going to be maybe a little bit less liquidity in the system. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of those high-growth areas of the marketplace that seem to have benefited the most from uh, the, the Fed's policies. And you know, if that's gonna if that's gonna start to be dialing back, uh, you know, value stocks. It's just another reason why I think it makes sense to look at to look at value stocks. Besides the fact that they're generating some really good earnings growth, um, and uh, and if interest rates rise as we think they will, yeah, you know, that should also be another another benefit to them. From a sector perspective, uh, there's four sectors we currently like. Um, Consumer discretionary, energy, financials, and healthcare. So a little bit of a mix of some cyclicals. You know, healthcare would be more defensive. That's our preferred defensive. Um, I do want to highlight energy. I mean, I, I do think that there, you know, th- this has been a sector that has underperformed for quite a long time, uh, roughly a decade. I, I do think there's been a sea change though in terms of the outlook. Uh, companies within the space have gotten a lot more uh, disciplined in terms of spending capital and, and much more focused on generating cash. And, you know, that should, that's starting to show up in, in terms of, you know, really attractive free cash flow yields, returning more capital to shareholders. You know, this could be a, a multi-year story within the energy space. And then from a thematic perspective, a couple of themes I would just highlight. Uh, we, we have a list of stocks aligned to, uh, that are leveraged to an increase in business spending. And we also have another theme that uh, highlights companies that have strong pricing power. I think both of those are still going to be pretty good uh, places to deploy capital 
uh, over the coming months, just just given the macro uh, the macro backdrop that we've been talking about. So those are the those are the ones I'd highlight there. Thank you, David. I will point down to our clients listening in if you are interested in learning more about these implementation ideas, these lists and themes that David had cited. Uh, please be sure to have a follow up conversation with your financial advisor to learn more. But a uh, David, very productive conversation to begin the week. Very helpful conversation and consideration of the market environment we've been living through recently. Uh, thank Thank you, as always, for providing some clarity, some guidance on uh, what you've been picking up on, where we might go from here, and how to think about positioning accordingly. We'll look forward to picking back up with the conversation again soon. Thank you, David. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it. And again today, we've been joined by David Lefkowitz, Head of Equities Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So as a reminder to our clients and our listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of blogs and publications that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO, including a recent blog authored by David Lefkowitz, which ties right in to the conversation we just had. Uh, That blog is titled Contrarian Buy Signals Starting to Accumulate. So for clients of UBS, please be sure to contact your financial advisor if you would like to learn more about the topics covered on today's podcast or if you would like to receive a copy of David's blog directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. Neither UBS Financial Services, Inc. nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at UBS.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer. 